Cannonball Adderley once said, you know, sometimes we're not prepared for adversity. When it happens, sometimes we're caught short. We don't know exactly how to handle it when it comes up. Sometimes we don't know just what to do when adversity takes over. Mm. And I have advice for all of us. I got it from my pianist, Joe Zawinul, who wrote this tune. And it sounds like what you're supposed to say when you have that kind of problem. And it's called Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. This is Lamarache, the Queen Dawn from across the pond, welcoming every one of you to Jazz E Lounge as we kick off Black History Month 2022. And today on the lounge, I have a special guest straight out of the Cleveland, Ohio area. And you know that's the land of funk, so don't get it twisted. This brother is a multi-instrumentalist and was chosen through Cleveland's magazine, The Scene Magazine, one of the most interesting persons of 2022, and we just not getting started in that brand new year. So that means he got it going on. When we come back, we gonna have that interview with, I'm gonna call him my friend. <laughs> That's Nathan Paul Davis of Nathan Paul Music. Come on back, we just getting started. It's Black History Month. Do not attempt to adjust your podcast. This is Lamrash, the Queen Dawn from across the pond. And right now you are locked on to a Black History Month edition of Jazz E Lounge. That's right, all month long, we're getting it in. And my first guest today, so excited, y'all. I'm so excited. This is February 1st, 2022. We're kicking off Black History Month with saxophonists flautist, producer, arranger, entrepreneur, and educator, Nathan Paul Davis. Welcome to Jazzy Lounge. Hey. <clears throat> entrepreneur. Oh, wow. I mean, <laughs> you are entrepreneur. All right. I, t- I didn't even it. know it. Didn't even know it, but I'll take it. <laughs> didn't even know it. So, before we jump into this interview, your interview, I want to say thank you so much for stopping by Jazzy Lounge. Uh, first of all, listen, when I was checking out your music, I'm like, this cat is not a smooth jazz artist, and I already like that about him. <laughs> you feel me? So I'm like, okay, he's bringing something totally different, and I'm feeling all of that. So I have a few questions I'm going to ask because um, I posted a picture uh from 2019 it was the <clears throat> rubber city jazz fest in akron that's when i first met you and what you told me was since then you have been creating and innovating and expressing yourselves and it's you have 20 singles out now six eps and five albums videos collaborations a new band and that's all has happened within the last what couple of years yeah, I, I wouldn't say new band, but pretty much everything else. I mean, I haven't really, like, took a real specific count, but that that's probably about right somewhere around there. Right. So you said that was basically right before COVID. So once COVID actually 
took place and it, it made everybody kind of sit down and regroup. Where were you musically right before that that happened? Because nobody knew it was gonna go down. So where were you musically, uh, mentally, and musically, spiritually, and musically? Where were you before that? I like that question. Um, I had just released a three-track EP, uh, Rope Dope Records, and okay. um, I was gonna. And I actually have physical CDs for that, which is, you know, physical copies. And I was going to do streaming, but I was just, you know, really trying to get my merch up um, okay. for my solo project. Because in the Admirables, I've always had kind of merch and, and things to give out. But um, just as a solo Nathan Paul artist. Okay. Yeah, it was just that. It was just, uh, you know, some schools were asking me to come okay. play at their schools. Maybe I was going to be doing some master classes, a little bit of touring. Right. Right, right. So that was pretty much hit. where I was at with that. Right. So then once the pandemic hit and we were forced to sit down a little bit and uh, regroup, a lot of artists were really creative. And I noticed that it seemed like you were the same. Did the pandemic kind of, um, did it frighten you at first? Then did you go on and you're like, you know what, this is the time for me to get my thing together. How did you really respond with as far as your craft musically? Did you think it was going to come to a hall? You couldn't perform? Or did you immediately say, this is the time for me to get focused. I got a chance to sit down and just just do my thing. What was it initially for you? <clears throat> well, it's hard to um, say exactly, but I'll try and piece it together. For me, mm-hmm. right? I've always kind of gone through like um, seasons. So there's a time when I'm writing a lot, okay. but, I'm, but I'm not performing or playing a lot. I haven't always throughout my whole career. I've never... I've had times where I'm not busy at all, and those are always times when I'm, but I've never not been writing or creating. So as far as when the pandemic hit, I was already had started doing a lot of producing and stuff. I hadn't put any music out yet. I think, I can't remember the timeline. Uh, Pandemic has confused my timeline (laughs) greatly. Right. But um, somewhere in there, but it was kind of like a coincidence, low key. I was. I'm pretty confident this is what I would I would have done regardless. Um, okay. To be honest, because um, I'm I wouldn't say I'm a loner, but I spend a lot of time alone to better my music and stuff. So. Okay, so speaking of being a loner, you have a band, the Admirables. Admirable. Admirables. We're gonna clear everything up. Admirable. So we okay, we admire the admirable. <laughs> Since you're kind of a loner, sometimes people like to stay on that solo tip. But I've seen some uh, videos and some performances of you and your your group, your band, and y'all jail. You don't look like you like being a loner. It likes you. No, you no, I'm not. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. Some people like to do that. Some people like I'm just don't want to be bothered with other people. But for you, it seemed like no collaboration pieces. is yeah. uh, my favorite thing to do. Yeah, we okay. used to just go by Marvels, but it's Nathan Pond and Marvels now because you know I'm one of the more more constant things. A lot of the musicians I like to work with and play with are some of the top musicians in the area. So you know they're like high demand. But at Marvels, uh, I had released some music with Rope Dope. Um, okay. With uh, through the admirables as well, and uh, yeah, we we've got a quite a few things out. We got um, we just put our album out this summer. We got this uh, EP before that. We got like right, four funk or five me. Singles. Talk about funk me. That's from with the band, the first studio album, funk me. Uh uh-uh, uh, that's yeah, the first yeah, the first studio album, studio. which is also the most recent. 
Okay. One, but it's not the first studio album, just the first full album. Okay, with your band. Yeah, but we put out other stuff at Marvel's. Like we put okay. out EP, and that was all live in the studio. Okay. It just was an EP, not like an album. So you just released something uh, the 25th of January. Can you talk about that? Was that Four Rooms? Yeah, that's Four Rooms EP. And um, it's another thing where I just <clears throat> wanted to just keep releasing music. I'm, I'm pretty much addicted to releasing music. So at this okay. point, there's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason. It's just something that's in me that I got to get out. So mm-hmm. Four Rooms EP. Um, it's that's see that's the thing that's why i write music because it's just like because there's no words that's that's right, the point right, but i don't right. have words to say that's where right. i don't write music as a music that's, a, that's your expression right yeah exactly so we were talking about black history month this is the first day of black history month and i wanted to take um a, a quote that if i believe it's a quote from one of your interviews you did and um it says when we're talking about your band the admirables you said that we cover the whole spectrum of black music. And I want to talk about, well, I want to ask you a question first. Do you think, uh, does black culture define black music or does black music define black culture or is it intermingled? What do you think about that as far as black music? <clears throat> well, I think um, music is a part of culture. You know, okay. music isn't this thing that just exists separate from the people that produce it. So. Okay. You know, I like to use hip hop as a great example. Hip hop is, um, you know, you got the basic elements, you know, DJing, graffiti, right. mm-hmm. you know, um, b-boy rapping, um, and there's other, oh yeah, knowledge. Um, and you know, it's just the, you know, which came first? Well, you know, the whole culture was kind of birthed out of a condition that the black people right. were experiencing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, as far as music and culture goes, I mean, which comes first, chicken or egg? But for right. the sake of having an answer, I, right. I'd say music is a part of the culture. Yeah, because some people don't think uh, there's a such thing as black music. So first, one of the first examples... Oh, I've never, I've never heard that argument. Oh, uh, yeah, heard that's that something. Yeah, I, well, it, it wasn't coming from a black African-American community. It was coming from other people. But what the argument was is, is music. But what I tried to argue is... Only a certain group of people can come with a song, ain't no stopping us now. We've been held down before. People get ready. Or even uh, John Coltrane's Alabama. I'm like, to, to hear that song, and it's just an expression, but it's an expression about something that that was so uh, detrimental and, and so emotional that only a certain type of people that's been through that can even produce art like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the first things I try to argue because people have said there is no such thing as black music I, I said okay I, I gotta get an argument going so speaking of that now I want to move on to Cleveland Magazine now they named you one of the most interesting people of 2022 and I'm thinking it's not even February of 2022 how is this man already the most interesting and I said let me let me check him out a little bit so I started listening to some music I'm starting looking at your videos and I'm thinking to myself this brother right here he got it he, he got it and it comes from a place that everybody don't go to because you're not smooth jazz you know what i'm saying so with that i started looking at uh, some videos on youtube and i came across this video and it's, it's like a lecture because now i found out that you are an educator and you teach bands at uh, what school is that 
At Richmond Heights. At Richmond Heights, you the band leader. So I'm like, this brother right here is unique. So one of the things you talked about on YouTube was um, jazz sax players were rapping hip-hop before hip-hop. And you used an example with Coltrane. We, we talking Coltrane now because it is Black History Month and we shouting him out on the first day on the podcast. You use both directions at once as an example of how these jazz sax players were rapping hip-hop. Well, hip-hop. the both directions at once is a direct John Coltrane quote. Mm-hmm. And that was just kind of the highlight, how interesting he was. Right. Maybe my thoughts were a little dispersed, but I wouldn't compare that sentence to any other saxophone player than Coltrane. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. And another thing you talked about, you had this uh, a YouTube challenge, the music ear challenge. Oh, yeah. The the, the music melody challenge hours you posted on uh, yeah, on, I'm this on brother real deep. I'm like, this brother real deep. So talk about where did that come from? Where were you, who was your audience when you were trying to even discuss that? It was just your students only or somebody just interested? Oh, in no, them? that wasn't for my students. That's just a part of like, if anybody follows my Instagram or stuff, that's, you know, that's like just kind of the part of the TikTok, Instagram culture, you know, duets. You create a melody for somebody mm-hmm. else to jump on. You know, it's just... One of those, one of those trends, create a fun thing to do. Oh, and I, I enjoyed it. I'm like, this is something unique. Um, couple songs, not the flute. Oh, I would, most okay. I said saxophonist. I said flautist. But a lot of, I don't see too many people playing the flute nowadays. I, I'm gonna put it like that. When I think about old school people, I'm thinking about. Uh, who, who who am I thinking about when we talking about the flute here? Maybe Hubert Laws. Hubert Laws. James Moody. Come on, mm-hmm. come on, right, <laughs> right. Oh. Cats that weren't afraid. Cats that were not right. afraid. Eric Dolphy. Right. So when you picked up the flute, what did you think I'm about to change the game out here, or am I hesitant because people don't play, or you were already inspired by those names that you just mentioned? Well, I started playing flute um, in college because it's what you need to do to graduate with the degree okay. I wanted. Okay. None of my, unfortunately, none of my stories are really like, I think the way I, I think and what I choose to do with the information I receive, okay. I think that part of it could possibly be deep, but like, why do I play music? Why do I play flute? It's just, I went to college for jazz studies and in order to graduate, you have to jury to a certain level on clarinet wow. and flute and that's it had nothing to do with creativity or anything interesting so you kids picked up the flute what during your college years is that what you said okay let me go ahead and monetize exploit this skill so you know it can benefit wow. me <laughs> yeah so one of the songs i like is this uh travel socks oh yeah yeah man when i saw that video and I'm hearing you play I'm thinking this brother he's been ordained by the Bop and Bebop brothers and I, I just I'm out done I mean I, I really dig that song I posted that I'm like y'all gotta check out this travel socks uh, and then the word trap jazz popped up and I'm like okay my my listeners and my listeners people who um, I blog for uh, it's a lot of Facebook group page and I want to get to that because you said something before about it I said that the older generation they want to know what's really happening because they're still if you will um, worshipping you know the cats from Coltrane and Dizzy and McCoy Tyner and 
it, you know, even Wayne Shorter, people still digging that. Kenny Garrett, people still digging that. So when this trap jazz came in, I'm thinking, okay, I need to have that explained because I heard a trap music, but what is this trap jazz genre happening? What's going on with that? I, you know, I think the thing about that is there's a lot of different genre names and things mm-hmm. floating around mm-hmm. and people are trying to figure out how to brand themselves and fit into the market. And the way that's happening is... um, Lo-fi or lo-fi soul or or jazz lo-fi. It's just like, I think trap jazz is simply um, mainly a a marketing ploy, but I, I can't even say that it's actually real or been recognized i don't think you can win a grammy for a trap mm-hmm. jazz song or anything well, I, not, yeah yeah i think what it comes down to is you know you got some jazz elements maybe you are actually playing some bebop lines on top okay and then on the bottom you might have like an actual see i don't have 808 in mind in that video but you know maybe you like actually have like an 808 pad and drums and a hi-hat and it's an actual traditional trap beat okay like something like uh, you know nba young boy little dirk one of these cats and then on top of it you kind of you and your jazz bag you know so it's literally trap on the bottom jazz on the top trap jazz now it like i said when i listen to you i'm thinking you're not a smooth jazz artist what differentiates smooth jazz from your style because we're talking about you have a mixture of everything what do you um, think the difference is? Because some people don't really know. They they just can't. They don't know. Well, I mean, well, what? Well, you uh, I mean, you're you're saying um, I'm not smooth jazz. I'm I'm not saying I am. So what made you like? You know, you listen to it. It's just I don't think anybody would listen to my music and think it was smooth jazz. Um, it's just kind of why. It's it's the beats. It's the beats behind it. That's I think, and which is definitely African. Is that West African? I think it's the rhythms and them beats that kind of differentiate the those two styles so when i first heard you i'm thinking i'm thinking of myself, the way you groove and the way you moving that's all hip-hop the beats yeah yeah i'm is, trying to yeah i'm really trying yeah. to channel in into the the hip-hop thing but you know right, i have my right. influences you know from the saxophone ancestors like right. coltrane charlie parker sydney Pichet, coleman hawk mm-hmm. and sonny rollins you know but um yeah okay yeah because I, I was like i said I, it was refreshing uh once i, I listened to you and i and i can't believe i had not well you know what it's been so much going on the past couple of years it's like you said it's kind of like a blur but i, I can't believe i had not seen your videos because you've been busy i have been, i have um been I've been, busy. this has been a significant period of growth so you know what it is I think it's all about the circles, people traveling, or who they follow on social media. And let's yeah. let's be honest, you know, I was. It's a blessing to get that, you know, most interesting in, in Cleveland Magazine and everything. And I think it's kind of like how it works with cars or video games. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, they put the year. You can get a year, the number a year early. You know, it might be 2021, right. but you got right. that. You know, 2K 2022 or the you know. Right. So they were probably right. looking back on 2021 and seeped into 2022 because you know. Yeah, that's just, what I was, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're the most interesting person at the top of the year. That means you've been flowing 
for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I, yeah, that's definitely how that works. And the thing is, uh, what I noticed in Cleveland, a lot of people are um, they do covers, especially oh, I notice in a certain age bracket, particularly and in our community you know like you know how many times i played a show and people like you know this and when they hear requests they just want to know what they know and mm-hmm. what they're comfortable with and i've been at this for about a decade now playing original music right losing right. tons of money paying mm-hmm. 400 dollars yeah. out of my pocket because nobody's yeah. coming and yeah. now just now it's starting to pay off but and I'm not the first people been in Cleveland for, but within my generation, I'm the most stubborn to just be like, I know I'm doing all original only. Um, I've started to make some exceptions because like, I kind of got out of my system. Right. Um, but yeah, people just, you know, and now that it's starting to, it's still original, but you see it online, you hear it. So by right. the time you come to the show, it doesn't, it's, it's original, but it's kind of familiar now. So I just had to put out content music for a little bit. You know, people just, I don't know, they don't want to challenge or something, you know. Yeah, you know what? And then Cleveland to, moves slow. <laughs> it is, when you listen to new music, you, you have, as the audience, have to be not only open-minded, but you need to be an artist because you need to recognize it's art. And it don't need to sound like anything else because that's art. It's original. It, it shouldn't look like uh, a Basquiat or something. It shouldn't look like a Monet. It shouldn't look like nothing else. It shouldn't look like anything you've seen before. <laughs> no, not at all. So unfortunately, that goes to a whole nother uh, episode with me, which goes to where does jazz belong? And I think I've had, that's an argument. And I, and I first heard about it from uh, my man over there acting with y'all. I guess Avaji, y'all, I'm just going to say that. He his he quotes that question, where does it belong? So my argument was, it belongs in African-American studies, black studies, because if people come over to that department, then money will come over to that department. Otherwise, the money is not there. As well as, you can always hire these professors and teachers of that genre in African-American studies. Come over to our side. We, we're always going to other people's side. That's a whole nother topic. I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I don't I want you to answer what jazz belongs, but that was my strong feeling. And we're already on 20 minutes, um, but I got a couple more questions. And this segment is called, What I Found Interesting About You. And the, one of the first questions was about jazz studies. What did you get out of jazz studies? I mean, what was that about in a nutshell? How do you study jazz? What is, what's going on? Plus, it was not at a uh, HBCU. So, how do you study jazz at? Uh, well, how much? Well, unfortunately, a lot of the top jazz programs in the country are not at HBCUs. Right. So, so if you really want to study with some of the best minds, and some of the people, they're not. That's not where that. That's not. I'm not saying that's not where any of them are, but. Where does Wynn Marcellus teach? Not at HBCU. Yeah, right. It started off as we were at HBCUs. Howard in particular, it was the Chitlin Circuit. That's where you heard the music, the bop, the Donny Hathaways, the, the bebop. Everybody, Miles always went and toured those HBCUs. So again, it goes down to that money. Where is the money going to go? Ah, that's a whole nother level. Okay, so jazz studies. What did you get from jazz studies? Um... The way I'm going to answer this question is going to be based upon how I just perceive the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got out of it what I would have gotten okay. out of any um, program. Okay. And, um, 
jazz studies, you know, it was just, I didn't even really want to go to college to begin with because I already, I was pretty confident in who I was. I wasn't <laughs> lost or anything. Okay. My father wanted me um, to go. He did want me to do music, though, but right. he just wanted me to go to school, too. I didn't really have a plan in particular. I just wanted to keep playing with my friends and see what organically happened. And I think it would have worked out, but, you know, <laughs> I don't think that works right. for my father. <laughs> Though, you know, I went to school and um, I just did it and got everything I could out of it. And, okay. um, you know, and it just was gave me a lot of time to practice and discover myself. Okay. To be honest, you know, it don't matter what college you go to, you got to mm-hmm. learn 12 bar blues. Okay. All 12 keys and master it. So it's just about okay. how hungry you are. Great. Great. Thank you for that answer. Uh, the next thing I found interesting, you opened up for a couple people for uh, the group War. <clears throat> yes. Power of Power. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? How were those gigs like that come about? The well, game? I was, um, that was not in my band or under my name. That was with Wesley Bright. Okay. The highlights at the time, which is now Wesley Bright and the Honeytones. And that's, that's band has a, has been a kind of a very important part of my musical journey. Cause when that band first started, you know, we were kind of doing all original, uh, a lot of original soul music. Okay. And um, before that, I was just playing mostly jazz gigs or, you okay. know, wallpaper gigs where you're playing standards and, and stuff. And um, I was still writing. I would always try and get my original music in there. But, you know, they were just background gigs and we didn't have time to rehearse a whole original thing. Okay. And you but, were the music director for Wesley Bright? And the Honeytones. At the time when it was okay. the highlights, it was a little different. That man okay, went okay. through a lot of different things. But yeah, the highlights, we opened up for Tower Power, um, Warren. That was at a rock and roll Hall of Fame fundraiser, if I'm okay. not mistaken. And uh, that band's had a lot of good times. And um, shout out, I'll give a shout out to Wesley Bright and my brothers, the Honeytones. Yeah. We're not really playing live a whole lot, but back in the day this man was doing splits on stage right just like james brown singing like otis redding and that's right. where i really kind of got empowered to be more okay front man in the admirables and that band is how the admirables actually started now i get that influence right right so you were also i read that you were backing one of my favorite artists Dwelle. how did that come about um well Stephen Fowler, who's a Cleveland native, I think he lives in Atlanta now. He's coming back. I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh-huh. Um, shout out to him. He um he knew Dwelling. Other people have played with Dwelling Cleveland. Oh man. Yeah. Um, he knew Stephen knew my band. Uh, okay. You know the Admirables. And to put it quite frank, he said I wanted to try something different. <laughs> and that's what we did. And uh, okay. you know it was cool. You know I'm not. I wasn't, because a lot of those guys knew each other already. Obviously, right. I obviously know who Dwelle is, and I've played some of his songs in other people's bands before, and, uh, you know, very aware of him and his influence, okay. but, right. you know, it was, I guess it was newer for that band, but we did it, and nobody died, so all good. <laughs> so I also read that um, you composed a song called happiness and it was for the nike skateboard relationship you had well no that was so that was well yes but with that was with a coal mine uh 
Records, which is what Wesley Bright, oh, the, wow. the label he's on, and okay. um, Happiness. Is, I wrote the music, and Wesley Bright wrote the lyrics, and uh, then we put it out on uh, Coal Mine because that's the label Honey or Wesley Bright Honey Tones is on, and um, you know they just put it out and because Terry, one of the guys over there, there's two of them. Unfortunately, I forget the other guy's name. My apologies. Mm-hmm. We dealt with Terry. But, um, you know, he's just a business guy. He knows what works in the industry. And he heard it. He's like, I could probably get this song pitched. You know? Cool. That, congratulations on that. That's big. Yeah, that was, that's, that that's was just been like four years now. But, yes. Wow. I was, yes. Wow. Okay. Uh, we're almost 26 minutes in. Um, the songs from a room Cleveland performance. Songs from a room was so far. The, I don't even know the name of the song you performed. Oh, it was a day, thir- day 13. Okay, I know you did so much. <laughs> was it day, was it day 13? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly right. Day 13. How did that come about? What's going on with uh, rooms? Was that songs from a room? Is that- I don't know what, I don't know what that is. Um, well, that's I guess- not interesting. So you got a chance to perform. It yeah, it was, was just a so far. Yeah, it was okay. just a so far concert. Um, songs from a room is probably just... I don't know. Maybe they're being creative, and that's what right. they named the event that day. Right. Okay. You were you're, you were invited, obviously. So, how did that come about? Um. Let's see. Jeanette. I don't know if she's still doing that. I haven't been in the so far circuit, but um. You know, I've been on the scene for a little while. So you know, like things like Scene Magazine or Beachland Ballroom or Jeanette is so far. I know a lot of those people, I'm in those circles. A lot of people really ended up knowing me in certain circuits from Wesley Wright. And, right. uh, you know, they probably just, just sent an email out and asked me if I wanted to play. Or I might have reached out. I don't know which way it went. Either way, you was yeah. you had it going on on that particular video as well. So we're going to wrap it up. I got maybe one or two more questions. Okay. First of all, where can we find you or stream your music? We are. I, I just told everybody about a few songs, but where else can we find you? I would. I would encourage everybody to go to my Bandcamp. You can just type in Nathan Paul Music, you know, Bandcamp or whatever, and Google search engine or go to my Instagram at Nathan Paul Music, and in my link tree it has everything. By the way, got a new song I released okay. today with. Uh, yes. With uh, I co-produce. With a producer, my homie East Swerve, he's out in oh. LA. All right. Um, so go get that too. Blacks for Black History Month. Imani. And what's the name of that? It's called Imani. That Imani. one is not on my Bandcamp um, okay. yet, but it's everywhere else. Spotify, iTunes, what you know, what's out there? All right. Now, if there was some type of jazz versus. Okay, we, <laughs> we coming up with the jazz verses. It, who would you like to see? It doesn't matter if there's a present or someone has already met the ancestors. Who would you have liked to see with the jazz verses? <laughs> you know what's funny about that <laughs> is we definitely like have these these <laughs> these debates kind of and just like one of the classic rivals is Lester Young and Coleman Hawkins. But, <laughs> but um, you know, they did it. You know, they used to have cutting sessions and all that. Right. But I don't think I don't like people want to see two horn players play together and they want to be like, oh, he might have got him. Who don't want to see that? <laughs> well, I think or like the classic Sunny Rollins, Coltrane, 
Right. Know, on the um, <laughs> tender madness, like it kind of happens, but if it were actually planned, right, right, and everything, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's the vibe. Right. It would have to be you blow, I blow. You blow, I blow. It's yeah, like it it happens, but if it's really worked out, I don't know if the community would. That's just not really. It's a part of the culture, but not in that way. It happens, right, but right, not right. something they're gonna just like advertise and I don't know. Right. So we we talk. We didn't talk a lot about it, everybody. It's already thirty minutes in. But the last one is we both are Coltrane, uh, Miles Davis fans. If, the, if we had a versus, would it be Coltrane or Wayne Shorter? <laughs> oh my god! Ah! I just that's woo. That's okay, the first or second quartet. Okay, which one? First or second great quartet. Which one? Oh, I would not. I would. Can't, I can't put one over the other because they serve different purposes. Okay, and we one day we gonna come back and talk about what purpose each served. So, sure. uh, and because we do have these living legends, Wayne Shorter, we gonna say get well to him. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yes, you know, we love our our living legends are still around. You know, very few are left. Very few. Uh, and we have to pay homage when we can mm-hmm. shout them out and, and introduce that that culture. Absolutely. Again, again, everybody, Nathan Paul Davis kicked off Black History Month, African World Diaspora Month. We talked about it so much. I thank you so much for stopping by Jazzy Lounge. I'm so glad I found that picture of me and you from 2015. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you were like, is this you? I was like, yeah. I'm like, that's this you right here. I'm like, you, you was looking a little younger, but I'm like, this you right here. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was aging. Woo-wee, but you sorely sound good. Keep up everything you're doing. I'm proud of you. So much success. Stop back anytime when you talk about new music. And matter of fact, I'm going to post all this shortly. Within the next 30 minutes, the interview will be up, everybody. And um, thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your week. And you know we're about to get some snow here in Cleveland area. So oh, yes. It's get fun. it together. <laughs> thanks again. Thank peace. you. All right. Peace. Peace. This is Lamarche, the Queen Dawn from Across the Pond. We have just kicked off the first interview of February 2022 with my man Nathan Paul Davis of Nathan Paul Music. Listen, that interview was 30 minutes strong, 30 minutes long, and we covered a lot, but I definitely want to get him back on Jazzy Lounge. I want to shout him out one more time and check out all of his music, all of the videos on YouTube. Support this brother. He is the truth right now. He is the truth. Nathan Paul Davis of Nathan Paul Music stopped by Jazzy Lounge. We're going to keep it rolling all Black History Month long this Friday. I have another interview. Burt Cody Pujol, who's another saxophonist. He's also a certified radiologist, calls himself the musician, physician. What? He's going to stop by the lounge and talk about that progress from going ahead and getting that doctorate medical degree until becoming this jazz saxophonist. So we're going to come back Friday for that interview. This is Lamarash. Check out Nathan Paul, please. Same child for now. <laughs>